0: Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. at gmail.com is our email address. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, also on our YouTube page. I'm Kevin, joined by Gordon, the master of February outdoor track meet predictions. Good morning, Gordon. That's right. I only wish
1: that there was gambling in our sport because then I could be a very rich man. But unfortunately, there's not. Uh, but there should be. There should be gambling in our sport. How do we make gambling in our sport actually happen? I mean, like, how does you get DraftKings and FanDuel to have like being able to bet on track? Like, what's the rule? It's it's
0: not you need USATF more people into it. Athletics. You need more. It's interest. You need more people into it because otherwise, people like you. Would come along and take him to the cleaners like you did with your picks here you need more people so you get people on both sides because i'm looking at these times gordon look at this one right off the bat and i hate to give you credit let's just be real clear (laughs) on that and we all know gordon has plenty of flaws but you can't say the guy doesn't follow pro track especially in the mid-distance scene closely because look at this he calls 146.2 in the 800. Isaiah Harris goes 146.19. I mean, Spit it's off. price is right rules, so you don't actually get any credit cuz you went over, you should have gone under. I'll just I'll keep going on some of these. Women's 8, you said 1598, it was 1589, so you just switched the 8 and the 9 there. Though not, not bad at all. Women's 15 it was actually 410. I'm not even going to mark you down on that one because they didn't even follow the rabbit. Men's 1500, this is another one that was pretty scary. You said 336.9, Justin Knight goes 336.62. Men's 5K, you had 1321, it was 1325. Women's 5K, you said 1504, it was 1508. Men's 10K, you had Zuhar Talby, 28 dead, he was 2812. And women's 10K, only being off by 18 seconds into 10K, Pretty pretty solid. You had thirty one nineteen, 19 off and ran thirty one, oh one. I I tip my cap to you, Gordon. Well done across the board. I appreciate it. I think it just comes from
1: always for the past seven years at Flow Track, just thinking every meet that has big names in it is just going to result into big marks, and that just doesn't happen all the time. And I think we kind of. Mm-hmm. This past year, like we said, with all these low-key meets that are where the coaches are the meet director, you're more likely to get impressive marks. And in this situation where the athletes have no control over the situation, you're going to get marks like this that are good marks, but they're marks where you run to win, you know, and Mm -hmm. 336 in that men's 1500 is just like perfect summation of why our 1500 team doesn't have a lot of guys with the standard because for Mm -hmm. some reason, when it comes to the men's 1500 and they're all on the line, and even though they want the standard, they just always run like a second under 335, a second over 335 because they just, everyone thinks they have that kick and no one wants to go to the lead between 800 Mm -hmm. and
0: 1200. And then you resolve in a 336 every, every single time. Mm-hmm. And in the women's 1500, they were pretty straight up about it, partly because a lot of them don't even need the standard. But you put that many good women together. Sinclair Johnson said it afterwards in an interview I did with her, where she's like, you know, you get this many fast people together. They all no one's really itching to take the lead because it's competition. It's a race. It's not how many people can we get under 402. It's who crosses the line, yeah. who crossed the line first. I went there on the first night that Friday night section which was the Olympic trials qualifying section that was what it was billed as and there were some big names there there was some some fast high schoolers running Craig Engels ran in that 5000 but I could I was sort of getting the feeling on that first day that you were going to end up being right about the second day just because there weren't many times that were popping off the page like the high school uh girls 800 like they both ran fast but they had run faster before the 1500 it was hard to look at that 1500 and be like ah, okay we're definitely gonna see a 332 tomorrow and that's when i started to feel like you were gonna be right so i was bracing myself for your text and there it came and <laughs> it's all its excel spreadsheet glory
1: multiple times I, had, I i let you know after every like two events that hey man, <laughs>
0: i'm doing pretty good here well, so i was <laughs> I was texting because so afterwards I heard a lot of people describe it as humid. So I was texting with Jojo because she was at the meet and I said, Hey, did you think it was humid last night at this meet? Cause that's not, that wasn't, it was definitely windy. There were gusts of winds and it definitely wasn't cool. It was not Peyton Jordan weather at all. And she and I were kind of going back and forth and our conclusion became, well, if you're coming from Flagstaff, Arizona or Scottsdale, Arizona, or portland oregon or park city utah it probably did feel humid it was nothing yeah. compared to humidity the rest of the year or i'm thinking about the last time there was a big track meet in austin texas ncaa's and oh. when sinclair johnson and jessica Hall ran that 1500 that was probably the worst weather i've ever been at for an elite track meet ever ever barn it was worse than remember 2014 sacramento how Yeah humid and just disgusting that was it was way hotter uh trackside for that one so maybe i was a little bit skewed but it felt like it was good enough temps to get good times so i think your point is a fair one you get that many fast people together you can't control all the variables some of the you know the rabbiting was a bit erratic or people just not following the rabbits or there's not enough depth and and this is what you get i think klosterhaufen and Wilson were the two stars uh being there that that was my my interpretation but when you look through the results you have a different person that you thought really you know stole the headlines from this meet
1: well not really stole the headlines but more of I kind of want to know the the only act that I was most interested in seeing how he or she would perform was um Kara D'Amato and mm-hmm. The fact that she doesn't get the standard makes me think when is she going to try again because just getting the Olympic trials standard means nothing because there's enough women with the Olympic standard that she, you're yeah. if you're going into a, the Olympic trials 10K without the standard, you're not making the team because there's no way it's going to be fast. So mm-hmm. it made me think, okay, she's going to have to make another attempt. Did you talk to her, and what was her reaction to not getting it? Does she feel like 31 was it twenty? What's the standard? Thirty-one twenty something. Thirty-one twenty-five.
0: Is it not thirty-one, 31 25. twenty-five? Does she feel like that yeah. is out of reach for her? Like, what is what was she thinking? No, she thinks she can still get it, but that was definitely her target. And she said it was a little demoralizing when you know the woman she had been running with in the early part of the race, klosterhofen ends up lapping her by the end which you know klaus Rolfmann on another level obviously she's one of the best in the world and she said she knew that she was in trouble when klaus Rolfmann was behind her and was cheering her on essentially during the race like before she had lapped her and was she was thinking man she's got a lot of energy right now like she's saying come on you can keep going stick with the pacer stick with the pacer so she's gonna try to get it i asked her if she uh if she thought ten thousand was her best Event seeing as how she's really thrived in the marathon, but also put put down some good five thousand meter times, and and she agreed with that. I think it was her, it was her first race that didn't follow this incredible trajectory that we've seen since she burst on the scene last year. Every other t- race she had run, she just outperformed expectations, but. I wouldn't read too much into it in terms of whether or not she can get the standard because once Klosterhofen took off she was completely by herself with no help at all um and that's that's a long way to run that's a long way to run again with the weather not being the greatest out there so I think she still got a shot to get it it is kind of remarkable though she's just she was going toe to toe you know she was a lot in there with Klosterhofen a woman who won the bronze medal in 2019 and the motto the person who two years ago we weren't even talking about um so i think yeah she's gonna she's obviously gonna take another crack at it and um it's gonna be hard though that's a hard standard you know so many people did it with ease at the at the bowerman meet we probably assumed more people would get it but thirty one twenty five is 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 a tough mark to hit anything else that you've noticed at the meet well I thought Wilson looked really good and you look at Wilson in the context of what a thing Mo did this weekend when she ran one fifty eight forty and broke the collegiate record. They you know, Wilson ran one fifty-eight nine, so right around the same same time. And that women's eight hundred meter team is gonna be hard to make. We haven't seen uh Raven Rogers run an eight hundred yet this year. So Remember she was supposed to run in that Arkansas meet and then because of contact tracing, she didn't end up running. So I thought just Ajay Wilson dominating an 800 isn't surprising because that's just what she seems to do. But that was a pretty, like that was a solid field, right? You had Kayla Edwards in there. Um, you had some, you know, Sierra Brown, you had Kate Grace. There were some people in there who were, uh, who are finalists, like contenders for the trials and she handled the field pretty easily. The other thing I was wondering about because this broke was it late last week about the trial schedule switching? It was Friday, right? Yeah. Thursday, Friday, something like that. Okay. So you know me in the schedule, right? You know that how I have a deep committed relationship to a major meet schedule. I mean, you have this you have 2032 already up, right? You already went yeah. through that one. Right. Yeah. Listen, 2032. If you're trying to do that 400, 200 double, you might, 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 might be interested in that. So my my first read on it. So if, if people don't know, it's it's going to mimic the Olympic schedule, which I think is a good idea because we've talked about, well, they're, they're going to run this race at trials, but then they're going to not take the spot because they're going to not be able to do that double. It's an anno- it's annoying from the perspective of you wanna see everybody win as many national championships as they can, and you wanna see the best people in every event. But from the perspective of, do you actually wanna see who the team is gonna be? It helps the viewer. So the big news was they flipped the five and the 10, right? So instead of the 10 being at the beginning of the meet, the five is now at the beginning of the meet and the five and the 15 overlap. So as you could expect, someone like Nikki Hiltz was looking at it and saying, well, now there's gonna be probably fewer big guns in the fifteen because you can't do the fifteen five double. Someone like Eleanor Purrier, who was thinking of doing both, now has to pick one. She looked good in the five thousand in in this meet, but you have to make a judgment on which one is your best shot. I thought the big winner from all that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the biggest winner, if you had to boil it down to to one person is Krisha Swizer
1: yeah I mean because now she knows that like first of all the hands probably not going to run it yeah Puryear
0: may not run it yeah Jenny Simpson may not run it it leaves a pretty and and then you get to have you get to do your best event first And then she can, if it doesn't work out, she can come back later in the meet and run a 10,000. She doesn't need to run a 10,000 in the beginning of the meet and then put that in her legs and then do her best event later. I think it worked out perfectly for her.
1: You want your second tier event to be your backup event to happen second, not first. And Mm. yeah, I mean, think about someone like a Molly Huddle. Does Molly Huddle... Not run the 5k to try to stay fresh for the 10k. That's what I want to know. Do you think there will be any 5k, 10k women who will, or even men for that matter, who will not run the 5k to try to stay fresh? Or is it not worth that extra day of rest? They're just gonna, everyone's gonna do the 5k.
0: Yeah, I think everybody's gonna go all in on both. That's why I don't like it from the perspective of, I wanted to see the super race in the 5,000, the 10,000 people colliding with the 1500 meter people. And then you have some 5,000 meter specialists in there. Um, but I also don't like it when, Hey, first and second, they're not actually going to run this at the Olympics, but then we have to wait two days and pretend like they're actually thinking of doing an impossible double. Oh, nope. They scratched out. And then these other two people are going to go to the, or you ask them in the mix zone, Hey, you going to take the spot. Oh, I don't know. And then you talk to the fourth place person. They're like, well, I hope they don't take the spot. It's just, it's just strange and awkward. I like the idea of the first three across the line are going to take the spot, but I don't like it from the perspective of we had the potential of having an awesome five, a really deep 5,000. And it's not going to be as deep because there's going to be some 15 people who opt out. But to answer your question, no, I think every 10 person is going to run the five if they qualify. Yeah. Here's unless they really don't see themselves as having a chance. Right, if if so she, so if one of those ten thousand meter people is like, I have no shot at the five thousand. Like, there's no like, they look at the start list and there's like, I'm there's no way I'm gonna do it. Then they won't. But I don't think, like, I don't think Huddle would make that calculation. But we'll yeah. see.
1: Here, here's two things I took from it. Well, I guess one was already in in play, but the main one that changed. So Shelby Houlihan obviously can't do the 15 5 k double. If she does, she's she's crazy. Uh but so she's probably gonna focus on the fifteen. But 1,500 crazy things happen. The odds yeah. of Shelby not being top three. No, oh, but I like see you know, where falls you're going. happen. I, hear, Shelby, I see where you're going.
0: I see where you're going. I see where you're going. We don't
1: know. We don't know which way I'm going. Am I going up or down?
0: You're going down. Will she come back? No, you're going up. You're going up. You're going up. Am I going up? But
1: I could be going down. Will she come back to try to make the 800-meter team? Or will she come back to try to make the 10K team? Assuming she doesn't make the fifteen hundred, which wouldn't happen, but in that rare chance she doesn't make the fifteen hundred, are we seeing Shelby in the eight and pull a Brendan Martinez type double? Mm -hmm. Or are we gonna see her come back in the ten and make a ten K type debut?
0: I think the ten would be it's weird to say this, but I think the ten would be an easier team to make. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. How do you think ten K gotta get the feel if they're like God, they're going to be the biggest Shelby Hula fans because they're not going to want to see <laughs> Shelby in a 10k with Carissa. You're like, God damn it! You know that would be the what? worst thing ever. But I don't know. She's got to she, get the time though. 800. Yeah. Well, will she now try to get the time?
0: Like, that's a great does question. Does
1: this make? Will Shelby now, all of a sudden? I mean, she can easily get the 800 meter time and have that. But will she? I don't know.
0: I feel like she'll do the eight. That's what I think. Certainly easier to get the standard, but you're looking at the eight. And I just mentioned with Ajay Wilson, Raven Rogers, a Thing Mo, Hannah Green, uh, Sierra Brown, uh, Nia Aikens. Like there's a, you know, there's a Kate Grace. There's going to be, that's a hard, 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 hard team to make. Not, not that the 10,000 not. All of them are hard. And that's what Hiltz was basically saying too. She's like, listen, every team is going to be difficult to make. So just because. I'm not going to have some 5,000 people in the 1500. She's still going to have to run really well to, to make the team. Because I mean, if Simpson, Simpson's an interesting one too, correct? Because yeah. I mean, she obviously can run a good a good 5,000, but all of her uh, you know recent success has been at the 1500. I don't think she's going to go away from the 1500. But you have Simpson, you have Houlihan, you have Purrier, you have Hilt, who made the team last year. And you have Sinclair Johnson, just to just to name a few, right there. What
1: if Simpson's backup plan is a throwback Uh-oh. up plan? Here we go, and she goes into the steeple if she doesn't make the fifteen hundred.
0: Okay, so the awesome US, would that would be fun. <laughs> how far back does the former U.S. champs thing go, in terms of serving as a qualifier? Because, you know, know like like sometimes you don't need the standard. Well, that's just to get into the – I guess just to get into the meet, right? And then she runs the Olympic standard in the steeple final. If she just wanted to go stealth mode, I don't know why you'd do this. But if you wanted to just shock everybody and you just show up on the start list a couple days before, you don't actually run one in competition, it's pretty wild. I mean would they let her
1: – didn't they let like Alan Webb into the 5K
0: without a mark? Well, and I – I think part of that was cuz it was a former US champion even though he wasn't a US champion in the in the 10,000 which uh is well, a rule I think so, that they've kept. I'm I, I'm not sure.
1: Cuz what if like Jenny's like doesn't make the 1500 and then she scrambles like, "Hey, let me do the steeple one last time and then she makes the team." that will be that would be that would be the greatest moment. Jenny making the steeple going back to her roots. That would be funny. Well,
0: what's the? it it is interesting to think of the best backup plan for people because if you were a 15-5 person, you had two options before last week, and then now all of a sudden you have one. That's got to be a little bit daunting. It's a bit nerve-wracking. So someone like Houlihan, yeah, okay, 8, 10K, she's got options. The Simpson one is a little bit more out there. Although Shelby running a 10K is, just to think about, that is kind of – out there, although she remember her cross country. You interviewed her after that cross country US title. It's not like yeah, she's not, I mean, she, I mean, she, you, she can do it. You run 1420 in the 5K, you're gonna be fine in a, in a 10,000. That's that's a rule that I've long <laughs> believed in. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was wild to 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 think about all those possibilities, but I think I think Schweizer because. She's the fastest, she's the best pure 5k person in the US. Wouldn't you agree? Over Shelby? Well, because I think Shelby's good at both. But like okay. In terms of just pure fight, like it's clear that right now the 5000 is Schweizer's sweet spot. I mean, it might be the 3000, but in terms of the Olympic events, um so I I think it it helps her the most by getting those 1500 meter people out of it and putting in some you know just it just caused a little bit of confusion a little bit of chaos in there but she gets her best event first as I mentioned and I think that's going to be a plus for I guess you could also say it helps Cranny too although she's pretty good at the ten thousand, as we've seen uh you're right though about some of those 10k specialists I do wonder I would think Huddle and Sisson would go for it just so that they have a shot. But maybe they'll look at the start list and look at the next couple of months of racing and then make a make a calculation after that. If you're someone like Shadrach Kipchurcher, do, okay, you, we're bother, switching gears here.
1: do you bother running the 5K? So the men's 10 is interesting. Lamang. Even
0: Lopez LeMond. I mean Do you yes. feel like
1: he has the 5K? He'll do both.
0: Lopez, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lopez for sure. It means run 13 or it means run sub 13. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you got to run it. That's just, that's okay. Shatter. Yeah. So, but the men's 10 is interesting, right? Because you have people like Kip Chirchir, you have who have the standard, right? Kip Chirchir already has it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Or is good. Yeah. And, and so in that group, you put Fisher you put Kincaid, you put Ben True, you assume Hassan Mead's going to get it, Jenkins. Like, there's that there's that small group. I don't think, though, so you're basically saying, does he have enough chance uh, of a chance in the 5,000 to even bother with it? Is that the yeah, question? No one is thinking Shadrach is going to get top three in the five. Yeah, I guess it's just a matter of, how much does it take away from your 10,000 at the end of the meet? And I don't think ultimately it does. So I would say, hey, you never know, take a shot at it. But if you're, I'm trying to think of someone, well, let's just go. So let's go back in time, you know, Galen Rupp, right? When it was cleared, Galen Rupp was a 10,000 person and not a 5,000 person. Would he have bothered with it if the schedule was flipped I mean probably not uh-huh. right probably not I think he would have had enough con do you have enough confidence in your one race that you're willing to put all your eggs in that basket I think for someone like Kip Cheercher, I think I could see him just running the 10 but on the women's side I think he's different than Sisson and Huddle on the women's side I think he's his he's much more of a ten thousand person but I don't know Do you, do you agree disagree no, I agree. I want to see
1: some some uh Safan Hassan doubles. I mean, we might see it from a from the yeah. Shelby 15 10k. Are there any 15 10k doublers on the men's side that you can think of
0: that would in the US, you know, yeah, in the US. It would be Lamong in terms of people who have that Yeah, but potential like to do it. someone is there any current 1500 meter runner mm-hmm.
1: who would Try to double back in a ten k.
0: No, no. I mean, no. Craig Angles is there's thirty six. No, I guess he's, he's yeah, not into yeah, that. Yeah, he five thousand was long enough for for Craig Angles. If you watch Fisher, that maybe Fisher McGordy. Well, here's another person I was thinking, but they do it at a completely different event. But I think would have the potential to do it if they wanted to. Would be Evan Jager. Because I just feel like the steeple people can can grind out those
1: people
0: yeah they can, can gr- grind out they grind out a 10k if you do a 3k but jumping over barriers i, th- I think you can do a, a 10k just fine and we've se- we've seen his 1500 ability um trying to think of other highlights here so shoes but we don't, we don't want to talk about shoes a lot of people are in what, the shoes what are,
1: your, what are your thoughts on uh a thing though running 158
0: I think that answered your question about whether or not she's going to run the 400 or 800 NCAAs. I think she's going to run the 800. Uh, Although maybe it's through the 400 to try to break that collegiate record too. It's just, it's impressive from the standpoint of she broke the outdoor mark too, Raven Rogers' outdoor mark by six-tenths or seven-tenths of a second. That's not a, a small feat. No, I think she's, I think she moved with this one race. I think she moved from trials contender to, I think she's a favorite to make the team. You can't tell me right now, you can't tell me right now, three people that you would have over her. Now, it's the trials, crazy things happen. It's way far away. But if you were doing your rankings right now, which you should do your rankings, by the way, let's get on it with your rankings, all this college stuff, let's go to the pros here. If you are doing your rankings right now, I think you'd obviously have to have Ajay Wilson one and then Rogers hasn't run this year, so maybe you, you keep her in that second slot just because she is a silver medalist. But then I don't think you can make any argument that anybody other than a thing Mo is in that third spot. Again, I'm not putting her on the team yet, but I think right now that's the state of play.
1: Do you have any thoughts in the back of your head that she could be destined for a Donovan Brazier... Freshman year storyline, where you have an amazing freshman year at Texas A&M. You break the records, you race a shit ton, and then when it comes down to it in the summer, you come up is short. Is she racing
0: that much though? Which is she racing that much though? She's racing. Yeah, she's racing. How many times has she? I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not a. It's not a ton just because of the, the COVID season. No, They're both freshmen. Much. They're both freshmen. Yeah. They're both at Texas A and M. But listen, a thing Mo's already been on a pretty big stage before. Her rise has been a bit more gradual as compared to to Braziers. She's run in U.S. Championships before, indoors in- and outdoors. She she's beat pretty big people indoors and outdoors before. So I think it's different. Is there a possibility that it doesn't go well because the Olympic trials are a whole different beast? Sure. I mean, it's not just Brazier, right? We saw what happened to Dwayne Solomon that year at USAs. I mean, and especially in the eight eight and the 15, you see see crazy stuff happen. So yes, it's a possibility, but I think she's a different runner. In six weeks, how many times do you think she's raced? She's run what? Has she run three 800s? Was that her third 800?
1: And she's, she's run, a run total of
0: nine times. She's run nine times in six weeks. Yeah, four yeah. by four, eight,
1: four by four, six, four by four, four hundred, four
0: by four, eight, eight. Yeah, but she's not the same. It's this is not a one to one comparison to 2016. Brazier. That's my point. That's my point. She's farther along in terms of big race experience uh, than than Brazier at this point was in 2016. Again, not not going to put her on the team yet, but I'm saying she would be in that third spot right now. A lot a lot can change, a lot can happen. Dealing with rounds. But. Yeah,
1: I'm more just I'm just worried that she might. Like she's, you know, Diamond Brazier. I think going through what he did turned him to the man he is today, and now I think he would trade that every single time to be where he's at now mm-hmm. for the sacrifice of not being able to go to the Olympics in 2016. And I maybe we'll see what happens. I don't know. Just they race a lot in college, you know. Yeah. There's going to be a lot more experienced people on that starting line in in June. People, everyone, everyone in their mom is going to pick her to make the team. I'll probably pick her to make the team, but if she doesn't make it, everyone's going to be like, "Oh, okay, yeah." They'll mm-hmm. be like, they'll find a reason. They'll like that makes sense. So, but we'll see. I was. Low key though, that 158, while it was a collegiate record, I thought wasn't the most surprising thing of the weekend. Do you know what the most surprising thing of the weekend was?
0: Oh, you're gonna tell me about a 355 miler?
1: Yeah, guy named Lucas Bonds. Lucas Bonds, a BYU miler, runs 355, which then just adds to this whole everyone is running fast situation. This kid was Mm -hmm. a 409 miler in high school in 2018, and then didn't run. Didn't run in 2019. Obviously, 2020, nothing. In 2021, he ran like a a slow 3k at altitude, like a 152 800, 53 800, and then he runs 355. Goes neck and neck with (laughs) Sam Tanner. What do you make of someone being able to run 355? Where there was no sub four. There was no sub 405. There was no sub 408, just 409 and then
0: 355. How does that happen? You got to get, you got to do a mic'd up again of Ed Istone watching that race. That would have been interesting. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea other than it's a bit like Hobbs Kessler, correct? Yeah. Except Hobbs Kessler has a very famous training partner who was able to fill in some of the details and explain, okay, why it wasn't as shocking. I don't have, has anybody given any explanation on Lucas Bonds's training leading up to it? Did he Did he pace a 401 mile or something at some point?
1: Maybe. Well, it did make yeah. me think about when Hobbs Kessler did run his 357, you know, there's a lot of people, some of my colleagues who were like, he would be fourth in college right now he would be mm-hmm. he he'd be the fourth fastest guy in college well right yep. now a few weeks later three fifty seven would be night. like six would be like sixteenth in college' guess how many people have broken four in 2021? twenty in twenty one
0: eligible college kitchen toy 38. yeah it's yeah. a lot we don't of need people. to talk about we don't need to talk about sub fours all the time though I know
1: it's not, but but like when someone runs through, I'm just talking about like the yeah, people are running fat. The year when we see 350 milers, we see a high school kid run 357. We see a kid from nowhere run 355. It just makes you think like, what is going on? There's something special about this year than any other year. You don't see those tight three things happen all in the same season. That's
0: all. I'm with you. And you don't care. I'm with you. Okay. No, I, I there's something crazy going on. And it's uh we got an email from Peter who said, Well guy just listened to your Friday podcast on Sunday morning. Gordon's eight hundred pick dead on, other picks way too close as well. And holy low-key predicting the men's 10k winner at the end. So Peter thinks there's something going on too. And it's not just people running <laughs> fast, it's just your ability to predict. Okay, you want to talk about BYU though? Did you look at the women's mile list right now? Yeah. BYU women have five. They have five in the top 16. And then does Arkansas have – is it three? Are, they, are those two schools going to have half of the field? <laughs> well, I think
1: the the top two milers probably won't run. They'll probably do a DMR 3K double
0: and not mile DMR 3K. Oh, I know. But if they took the tops – if they – right now with the top 16 – yeah, because Arkansas has Gear, Gregory, and Izzo. And BYU has Waymit Hoy, Hanson Hunter, uh, Plored. <laughs> it's Hoy. It's interesting. Yeah, Hoy. I yeah. thought it was Hodge. So you're saying, so you're saying uh, and Shadler won't run. No, I'm saying Waymit and you're...
1: Hodge. Oh, okay. Hoy. It's, I thought her name was Hodge. Oops.
0: I I guess it's pronounced Hoy. Oh.
1: I but i did that. do the yeah,
0: 2019 think... NCAA cross country broadcast and i said it as hoy uh so i think i checked that but it's been so long uh oh okay so you you think the, the two BYU women won't run the mile okay i got you
1: no they'll do 3K, i think i do it just to more
0: f- i think i do it just to flex So we have five people in the mile <laughs> that's just an, that's crazy but the thing uh, is there there any... i think if you oh. look at it there are three BYU people women could probably
1: all make the final because once you take out hmm. I mean there's going to be a bunch of 337 36 women who can make the final 437 so 4 yeah 437
0: 436 Uh in the sprints did you see Michael Williams from Oregon? Yeah sub six,
1: yeah sub 650 it got it got converted up by 0.04 normally altitude times mm. get converted up 0.02 but I guess this is super altitude
0: So Yeah Yeah, championships at the peak in in Colorado, but has that top spot still there. So Oregon, Oregon's still looking good. What about, was there anything else from SECs or ACCs? Oh, I have a question for you. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, Of the, are we saying it's a big four or a big five in women's cross country right now? Ooh. You should come back to me on that question
1: because – Okay, well, let's just – well, no, a, I'm not
0: going to come back because I, I have a follow-up question. So we'll just say five. Washington, BYU, Stanford, New Mexico, NC State, who helped themselves the most this weekend? Whose stock went up the most this weekend? I'm assuming New Mexico stayed the same because they didn't run. You, you don't I'm, – I'm not just
1: being stupid. Like I'm not trying to be like a cheerleader or anything like that. I'm being low-key like legitimately. NAU women are going to probably finish second or third. And they they went the biggest st- stock up.
0: Okay, so you didn't I even know pick on the board. You went and like, I know. picked AMC. No, you don't
1: understand. Like So NAU's debuted a new runner at Big Sky, who's their new number three. Mm-hmm. And in a field where it only is going to take 140 to 150 points to win, NAU has the ability to score that. Like right now, yeah. I have them scoring like 160 points. So this tier of top five is now top six, and I would argue that the Whoa. top five all the top five all stayed the same, and then just a new person came in, and it's now a tier of six. And that's low key, like not no bias, no nothing. It's just like <laughs> I didn't. I was like, wait a minute, what what the hell is this? Well, Taron Neal's legit, this, right?
0: Yeah, Taryn, Taryn O'Neal, O'Neal, She's gonna say top
1: five. Yeah. Yeah. But they had they this girl, Jenna Hutchins, who ran at the track meet, ran a 10K at the track meet. She ran a 32-47 at the track meet and then hadn't run any cross-country meets until Big Sky and was their number two or number three runner. So they – it's a, it's a, it's now a six-team battle. I mean, BYU and I would argue BYU New Mexico are the favorites right now, like tied hmm. favorites. But – uh, Stanford and, and NC State kind of have the question marks, right? NC State has the question mark of
0: I mean, Jenna Hanson. You said Jenna Hutchins. Jenna Hutchins. Is yeah, high sorry. Schooler. Jenna I Hansen. My bad. Jenna, Jenna Hansen. Hansen.
1: Sorry. Uh, yeah, Stanford, we, you don't know. I feel like they have some question marks. NC State has question marks. You saw Caitlin Tui get ninth in the 3K at ACCs. Hannah Steelman and Kelsey Chimmel they're all running indoors. So maybe they might not be cross country like focused, which might hinder them. We haven't seen Marley Starlipper at all. So NC state, I feel like might be going down just on feel. And then, um, on paper moving up is NAU Washington. We still don't know about their top runner. I think we'll know more about Washington after PAC 12s. Um, but BYU and New Mexico will know more after Mountain West. So BYU is pretty much locked in as going to be a top two favorite no matter what happens moving forward. New Mexico can kind of lock themselves in as a top two favorite if they do well at Mountain West. And then after that, it's, you know, anybody's game. So Pac twelves
0: are this weekend. Is that correct? Yes. Pac twelves, Mountain and- West, Big East. And then right after that will be the selection. Is that how this is gonna work?
1: Correct. The selection is I actually wrote it down. So on Sunday the 7th is when they make the selection. So pack 12 is Friday. Own, yeah, so maybe we'll do a Friday, a Friday night. We should we release our own selections of who we think should go or Saturday.
0: Mm-hmm. And be like, if they don't pick these people, NCAA is wrong. I'm just wondering, because in normal years, people are very cautious about the regional weekend. And that's about 10 days out, right? So, and I know this is different because they're going to wait your conference. But I wonder how much of these teams who already know that they're in are going to go for it at conference, at at Pac-12s. I mean, you're talking about the Oregon men needing to have a good showing. Yeah, that's true. But like, are the Washington women really going to go? All out race everybody ten days before nationals. I don't think we're gonna know much more. Is my point. That's true. But same thing with you said. Mountain West is this weekend too, correct? Yeah. Maybe New Mexico. I, I think a lot of one or two. Yeah. 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 So I, I think we're gonna head into this thing with not much more information. I think that those track results were kind of were pretty revealing because you could still get and then the big sky results obviously were helpful. But I'm still looking at this as BYU in New Mexico. As a top two, yeah, that's where I'm. That's well, where I'm I, landing I, right now.
1: I agree with that, but I'm just saying when you talk about the whole tier, that tier of five, it's become
0: a tier of six. With like, I don't think it's a tier of five. You know, I go, think it's a tier of two, and then there's a second tier of four. I think it's two, and then there's four. I have a separation okay. between that. That's that. That's, that's what I'm saying, and and I and I the one that's on the edge there between tier one and tier two right now is Stanford, uh, but it sounds like you have NAU moving up there. Although, when we talk about NAU, we we have to mention what happened to the men. Big yeah. Sky, conference championships. Turns out when you don't run three of your top five, you can lose. Three of your top four. <laughs> three of your top four. Even worse. Yeah. yeah. So they got beat. They got beat. Uh what you, props to, your thoughts uh, on that? Southern Utah. Are we sure Grahav is healthy? Yeah, they're healthy. Okay. They're healthy. Well, then. I mean, Nur won, a guy I think who can be top five in the NCAA. You don't you don't think so, but I do. Uh, so that makes sense. I think Ryan, Ryan Raff was fourth. Is he going to be their sixth or seventh guy? I mean, I'd be worried because Bosley was eighth overall and was, what, 19 seconds behind Raff, and then Hasty was behind Bosley. Um, obviously, they would win this meet if they ran Young, Krijalva, and Farrow. But I think you'd be a little bit concerned about their fifth ban in this hypothetical scenario.
1: See, I would kind of disagree with that. If you look at the people who were in this race, the non NAU people yeah, like Southern Utah had a really bad regular season. They finished like eighth or ninth in like the FSU meet. But when you look at the athletes on it, who all finish like near these NAU guys or above or beat them, they're not bad. Like, Duncan Hamilton, he ran 357 in the mile this year. He got mm-hmm. second. Like, that's good, the Montana State guy. Um, the Southern Utah guys, they just haven't been able to put together a good, like, meet at the same time, but they have some some good runners. I mean, Aiden Reed, he's a 14, 15, 5K guy. He finished 51st in 2018 Nationals. So mm-hmm. when you remove seniors, you be like a top, 20 returner from the 2018 yeah. whatever. You know, you have uh the two Weber State guys. I mean, Christian Allen, who finished 12th, he was 14th at Nationals. Remember that? When we were like, who's this Weber State kid? Christian Allen? He was 14th at yeah, Nationals yeah. last year. So there's a yeah. bunch of others too, like Christian Ricketts. He's good. He's a 1420 guy. There's a Taylor Dillon. He's a 1411 guy. So while none of them are like 1340s or thirteen fifty, like they're Good cross-country yeah. runners so i think it was just a legitimate loss to
0: like some good runners like well it's not i mean you're it's not a fair fight when you're not running three of your top four i well yeah no if I'm, all I'm saying this, this is this, nit, this is
1: legitimately lost
0: they do not like Samba
1: yeah
0: i mean all of this is nitpicky because you're talking about a team that is the overwhelming favorite to win i'm just saying if you had to be concerned about something i would be concerned about a 26 second gap between ner and bosley because if you're saying uh you're mentioning all these other runners but i'm just comparing nau to nau and i'd be a little bit concerned about that now yeah again, but running Bosley's are six so, man in this bosley's are six men in this situation Rath yeah, is the in fifth the, in this meet but don't you think the yeah, best so, version of NAU? But the best version of NAU would be Bosley being a scorer, right? In terms of if you look at every guy's be... ceiling. No, because if you're looking at every guy, Bosley at his best is better than Raff at his best, is what I'm saying. So if everybody runs the best version of themselves, that's all I'm concerned about. Now, maybe after the meet, Bosley did a killer workout. Maybe he actually ran 9K of this course. He kept going. He made up for the Ks <laughs> that he dropped out in Las Vegas. And they were, they're were playing some sort of tricks. No, I'm not. I'm not worried at all. I don't think this means much of anything, on the on the grand scheme of things. You're not. You're not running that many people. But I'm. I'm saying, if you did have to nitpick, it's like, all right, well, who's the five? Bosley, Hasty, Raff. Uh, you You want to have somebody that you're really confident in that last spot. And I just think it's interesting. There's been three races, and Grijalva's only run one of them. That That I think is interesting. But if you're saying he's healthy, I'll believe you. Yeah.
1: Well, I filmed the workout with NAU last week and he was in the workout running.
0: That's so. why I said I believe you. That's why that's why I asked. <laughs> you answered and I moved on. Yeah. I, I just I I needed to ask the question though, because when a guy runs only one out of three races, you wanna know. But you were there, so you you answered that question. Okay. So we're not so we're not worried about NAU. Not worried about NAU.
1: No, I mean I, I think one thing also with Maybe NAU doesn't do this if it was a normal season where conferences was not the last meet of the year before nationals. Because mm-hmm. if they did this at regionals, no one probably would bat an eye if like they rested Blaze, Nico, and mm-hmm. Luis at the mountain region and got like second or third in the mountain region. I think everyone would mm-hmm. be like, ooh, they're smart. They know what they're doing. But because it's conferences is the De facto regionals this year because of COVID, it people can think like, oh, you're not taking your conference seriously. It's like, well, I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean, that's it's cross country season.
0: You can tell, you can say that people don't take any of it seriously until the very end. Yeah, really. It's like, how dare you besmirch the legacy of pre nationals by not running everybody or your conference? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well. I want to point people to uh, some interviews that I did this weekend or, and also your, so you posted some, no, I just want to mention (laughs) I I went to this meet. There's interviews on the site. I didn't get to everything about the Texas qualifier, but if you want to go in depth on it, I got an interview with Pete Julian, 12 minutes, pretty good. Uh, Klosterhoffen, D'Amato, Isaiah Harris, Sinclair Johnson, Ajay Wilson, Zuhar Talby, got that one in the bank, Mason Furlick, who had some thoughts on Spikes, Purrier, Hiltz, Justin Knight, Angles, etc. But you posted some behind-the-scenes stuff, too, that people can check out on the site as well, or on YouTube. Yeah, we did all, it on YouTube, too. I
1: don't know. Probably go up on YouTube soon. Uh, we did a, a mic'd-up piece with Coach Ed Eyestone and Coach Dilgit Taylor of BYU. We're basically three minutes before the race started. I started filming, and then I didn't stop filming until three minutes after the race. So it's basically 28 straight minutes each of their perspective of the West Coast Conference Championships. Got some great sound bites, especially from Ed Eyestone. He calls out NAU in the in the heat of the moment during, like, the mm. 5K split. He gets really excited about his fourth or fifth man. He's like, take that. And yeah. So got to watch it for some of that little bit of trash talking, um, the excitement. And, uh, hey, it, you feel like you're there when you're watching it. It's cool. So.
0: Yeah, and BYU you won both job. races, so it's it's fun. Yeah, you did a good job. Um, coming on Wednesday, are you said you have new rankings on Wednesday? Is that right? No, you're talking about con- what do we? Do you had something on Wednesday you wanted to do? Yeah, sorry, so you have your. They, you sent me a message. They announce they announce who runs um, uh, indoors. Oh, indoors in tomorrow. Indoors. Right. Declarations
1: Tom- gotcha. tomorrow. They announce who is running. You know, we'll see. Will anyone notably be doing a indoor cross country double? Will they be mm-hmm. doing an indoor cross country triple? See what the Oregon guys choose to do. Um, we'll find that all out Tuesday, and we can react to it on Wednesday, and also have the rankings to talk about who actually will win the indoor meet. Um,
0: yeah. But they're not declaring yeah. cross country for the record because we don't even know who's. The no,
1: leader. cross country gets we won't declared. That. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't declare cross country till after, till the fifth. And then they announce if you're going on the seventh. So well, well you could
0: also. Later. We've seen they'll list. They don't need to declare their actual starters though, because we see this in regular years. They bring ten people to the meet, and they're deciding who's going to run. Well, you have to
1: declare. Correct? You have to declare. I think you to declare your team of ten or whatever, because they right, need to right, know right. if
0: they select. An, they need to know if they should select an individual. Correct, but I'm saying Oregon is Cooper Tier is probably going to be on that cross country list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but that does not nope. guarantee that he's actually going to run the race. That's correct, I'm correct. Yeah.
1: And one thing I'm going to do is, once uh, we know who's running indoor, I will then adjust the cross country rankings based on knowing who is coming back from an indoor race because yeah, a fresh Cooper Tier is very different from a Cooper Tier, who has three races under his legs, one race, two races. And so I'm going to make a little bit of adjustments based on that. Same thing with the women. Like if NC State women are like running all over indoor, that's not the, – the team isn't going to be considered a, a title-contending team then. And we want to adjust the rankings for that perspective. The go, the Gordon fatigue factor basically. Yeah, the Gordon fatigue. Oh, no, we call it the uh,
0: Oliver no... Hoare factor. There's no <laughs> – there's no honest effort rule that carries over to the two championships, correct? No. You could enter in no, cross. You could enter an indoor. Just jog. And then scratch and scratch. Yeah, jog or scratch at the last minute, and then still show up to cross country. So we don't I, really know, actually.
1: Speaking of that, I was thinking about that the other day. If you look at um, what was the event? There was an event where. Maybe it was a three K was it three K. I can't remember what event it was, but what was it? Oh, I think it's a three K.
0: Gordon is googling We're, right now for those of you just listening. I'm trying to no.
1: oh yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. But there was an event where I think there was an athlete who's like ranked seventeenth or eighteenth. And mm-hmm. I th- like a a team could purposely declare an athlete who they know probably won't run in that event to to bump mm-hmm. out like an opposing team or something like that. I thought that was kind of interesting. So, and then they, it would just purely be to not get your, that team's athlete in or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see if that that. happens. Yeah, I'm
0: a fan. (laughs) All right, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Alon for producing. Remember, you can find the show on YouTube as well. You can subscribe to the podcast, leave comments there as well. Gordon, it was great doing the the pod with you. Missed you at the meet, but good to recap it with you. Talk again on Wednesday.
1: Till next time.